Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Thanks for joining me today for Entrepreneur Decoded. I have Tim Ash with me, who's the author of best-selling book Landing Page Optimization and CEO of Site Turners. For the past 15 years, Tim has provided his services to brands like Google, eHarmony, Facebook, American Express, Canon, and many others. Tim, I'm so happy you're here today. Oh, my pleasure. Glad to be here. Tim, take it from here. Tell us a bit about yourself and something that is exciting for you right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I run a company called SiteTuners. We're a strategic conversion rate optimization agencies. We're basically a business accelerator. We help train companies how to have a higher percentage of their online visitors take action when they're visiting their site or their landing pages. Uh, we have offices in San Diego and Tampa, Florida, and work with companies, mid-sized to large companies all over the world. So it's a lot of fun. I also started the Conversion Conference uh, event series back in 2010. Had uh, 27 events to date. Uh, our last one sold out again in Las Vegas. Uh, and we're going to have, in, uh, in the fall, we have our London and Berlin events. And then back to Las Vegas in April 2017. Let's start today's show off with your favorite quote. Well, I'd say that uh, something I've written in my landing page optimization book um, is, your baby is ugly. <laughs> Most uh, definitely. I think it helps break through all the clutter and set expectations about our, at least our, the conversion rate optimization. And what we do is you have to start with the fact that uh, your website is probably not serving the needs of your visitors, but you can't see it because... You're the one that created and nurtured it. This is a really interesting and one-of-a-kind quote. We haven't had anything like that so far. Could you tell uh, how could people in the audience use this quote and leverage that in their businesses? Well, I think it's a, it starts with kind of a sober look at what you're doing. Most of us suffer from what I call greedy marketer syndrome. In other words, uh, we want to squeeze the bottom of the sales funnel and hope that uh, money comes out. Um, and that's uh, so you know buy something, fill out my form, start my free trial, whatever we want them to do online. And that's not how people think. They're not there to buy something. They they're there when they have a problem. They're trying to figure out uh, what possible solutions there are, whether they should consider your service or your product as a way to help with that problem, and you know then figure out if it's right for them or how to customize it. So they have a lot of other context in their lives. And you have to really start with where they are, where they are in the customer journey, if you will, and have something for everybody, not just the ones that are going to uh, ring the cash register, if you will. I know you've seen thousands of websites. What are some things you go over right away when you evaluate the website effectiveness? Well, uh, I have a whole chapter in my landing page optimization book called The Seven Deadly Sins of Landing Page Design. And these are very common problems that people uh, repeatedly continue to make on their landing pages and websites. Uh, and a lot of them have to do with excess. So several of them have to do with too much text on the page, too many visual distractions, too many calls to action or lack of clarity around that. So basically, we're trying to put too much in. I think that uh, one of the reasons at the core that a company like Apple has been successful is that they're always asking about what's essential, what's the least we could do. And most of us don't think that way. Our houses are stuffed with crap. Our garages are full with crap to the point where we can't even park our cars in them. 
And it's the same thing we do with our web pages. We just stuff them full of crap and uh, then uh, wonder why nobody is impressed. Yeah. What do you think is the best way to get started with conversion optimization? Because not everybody's tech savvy. Should they hire an agency, start learning on their own, and, or just read a book or two? Uh, it really depends on, on the scale of the business and what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, if you just are a practitioner and you want to bring up your own uh, skills, there's plenty of blogs and online courses, and uh, I, you can get a lot out of that. I suggest going to live events like our conversion conference because everyone I talk to uh, says it's very different when you see the speaker, when you hear what they're emphasizing, when you get to ask them questions, just one or two little interactive nuggets uh, will, be, uh, will give you great insights. Uh, and, and then beyond that, I think that the reason you bring in an agency would be, uh, one, to, because you need more arms and legs. A lot of our bigger clients use us for that. Uh, or two, if you're kind of a, a mid-sized or smaller business, is to really transform your whole company. And there are agencies like ours that are uh, specialized in making companies self-sufficient in conversion rate optimization. In other words, we don't think that's something you should ultimately outsource Conversion rate optimization is too key to the success of your online marketing. And our goal is within a couple of years to make clients self-sufficient and work our way out of a job. Yeah, that is an interesting strategy, getting yourself out of business. Uh, tell me, why would you exactly do that? Uh, because we think that's what serves the clients well. And just uh, so I guess you could say we practice what we preach. If we're going to fix your website to make it better for your visitors, we want to fix your own business and make it better for you. Yeah, I love the transparency and honesty. I want to get personal for a second and look back to your journey as an entrepreneur. Do you have a story where you faced an obstacle or a major challenge in how you overcame it? Something that really shaped you as an entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is my third business. And uh, in, a, in a previous life, well, we started out with a, essentially a, a pay-per-click management Company. This was in the early days uh, of most people won't even remember of GoTo, which became Overture, which became Yahoo Search, and so on. So we were managing large-scale pay-per-click campaigns for clients, uh, and that business became more and more commoditized. Uh, there were various tools for bid management and so on, and uh, companies willing to work a lot cheaper than we were. So eventually, that that pay-per-click part of the business you know failed and. Um, I had to take a, a hard look at what was working and what wasn't, and it was kind of the rebirth, uh, and that's what site tuners came from. Uh, we said, well, if we can make people money by making their websites more efficient, uh, no one can argue with uh, whether we're providing value. Uh, but it was a tough couple of years there. When my wife first met me, I, as an entrepreneur, I wasn't even drawing a salary for about 18 months, so she placed the a real big bet on me. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. I want to ask you another question. I want to get real personal, and we love actionable advice here at Entrepreneur Decoded. What is one thing that you do that has the biggest contributor to success? Uh, it's it's pretty simple. It's it's persistence. Uh, most people will quit. There's a sales adage that you know, ninety uh, percent of businesses closed on the fifth or subsequent phone calls, and yet eighty percent of salespeople won't go beyond three phone calls. So that pretty much tells it all right there. If you're not, if you don't put in the work, if you don't get up and do it again, uh, now you know there's a question of whether you should be putting more of your life force and time after bad ideas that just will never work. Right. So you have to always balance that. But in general, I'd say. 
Um, just if something doesn't work, go do something different. But not giving up is the key trait of any entrepreneur, I believe. Yeah, I remember a quote by Napoleon Hill who said, the most interesting thing about postage stamp is the persistent with which it sticks to its job. Let's talk about persistence. Do you have some actionable tips and advice how to leverage that idea? Uh, I think one of the things that you have to have is is uh, to actually do things the hard way, uh, not do things uh, conventionally. If you followed everybody else's common wisdom or you know, download the 15 hacks to doing something better. You know, if it was really that easy, if you could just take a pill and make it magically better, um, then it, it, people would be doing it. Uh, so I think that uh, looking at things, saying, why don't we do things a different way? Why are there uh, not more people in this industry? It seems like a big opportunity, asking all of those questions and uh, uh, basically being kind of a skeptical detective all the time about life. Yeah, finding that secret sauce, that one-of-a-kind thing that is unique for a company is so important. What are some things that are unique for you, Tim? Uh, so, Well, I, I think that, that the business model that I just mentioned, that, uh, for, for example, in conversion rate optimization, there are a lot of companies that are pretty good at landing page testing. Uh, that's one of our strengths as well. Uh, and so if you, if there are actually metrics like, you know, how many tests are you getting done in a particular time frame, you know, testing velocity and things like that. And they're focused on the process of testing and it's a well-defined, repeatable uh, thing. And so they say, hey, if you pay us this much per month, we'll do this many tests per month for you. And that business model is very, very limited. So we just, it's like fighting with one hand tied behind your back. And so uh, there are even some testing companies that say you should never redesign your website, which is a ridiculous statement to make. Um, and they do everything by this, this kind of tactical testing process. So we decided that we're going to actually uh, do the hard stuff. We decided that we're going to change businesses and we're going to change cultures and we're going to work with the executives uh, in the company to make sure they understand the importance of conversion rate optimization. And we're going to transfer knowledge and skills and build internal optimization teams. So we're, uh, that was an opportunity as we saw it, that there aren't really good business accelerators around. Um, everybody else is doing the easy stuff, which is knocking out landing page tests. Can we do that? Of course, we do it really well. In fact, we've documented over a billion dollars in annual revenue increases from our landing page testing program alone, but we also have this what we call conversion management and ongoing um, kind of changing of companies uh, to make them better. Tim, you've had a lot of success in the industry. What are some ways to acquire new clients and what advice do you give for newcomers? We don't do any paid media, actually. Um, well, we, we have three sources of clients. Uh, one is our referrals from existing clients or additional work from them. Uh, others, referrals from agencies uh, that are, say, specialized in pay-per-click or SEO or web development and the, or social media, and they bring us in as specialized uh, kind of a SWAT team uh, because we're, we're so well-known for that. Uh, we work with companies uh, like Facebook and Google and and uh, they've brought us in to fix some of their biggest accounts and make them more efficient, for example. So uh, we have a reputation for being CRO specialists, which I think is very important. And then finally, just thought leadership. We put out a lot of good content. Um, 
uh, my podcast on cranberry.fm, that's the renamed uh, webmasterradio.fm. Done 120 interviews on that over the years with various CRO thought leaders, articles we publish, of course, the landing page optimization books. They've been translated into six languages and sold over 50,000 copies already. So it's uh, basically thought leadership, referrals from clients, and referrals from agency partners. Yeah, how did the partnership between uh, you and Google began? Well, we've actually done over the years many projects with Google, but initially the connection was when we became one of the first five uh, authorized uh, consultancies for the Google Website Optimizer, which was the first uh, free landing page uh, split testing tool many, many years ago. Uh, and uh, then we we worked with them on optimizing their AdWords uh, homepage. You, you can figure that's probably a pretty important part of their business, uh, as well as many other projects. And I've done internal trainings at their offices from you know Boston, Ann Arbor, San Jose, San Francisco, all the way to London over the years as well. I really wonder how big of a difference there is working with uh, big clients like Google and Fortune 500 clients versus small businesses. Uh, what do you enjoy more and what are some recommendations for people who are trying to pick up those big name clients? Well, I'd say that we have you know, two types of clients. We work with uh, divisions or departments within larger companies were rarely you know, the agency of record for you know, a company that size. Uh, that, that's not really realistic, I would say. Uh, and we work with the principals of uh, smaller, you know, mid-sized companies. And it's different because um, in the departments of larger companies, they have specific goals, they have specific people working on uh, projects, and they need specific kinds of help with uh, the leaders of a smaller business, if you're working at the sea the level normally, then you actually get to bring up topics like you know, change your marketing technology stack, uh, switch content management systems, change your business model. We can have those kind of conversations. We're not just trying to optimize uh, very specific existing metrics. We can help them re-envision the whole business. So uh, the bigger Companies, usually the contracts take a lot longer. Uh, there's delays in getting paid. I mean, you will get paid, but just, you know, 90 days later, that sort of thing. Uh, all, it's just much longer sales cycles, uh, I would say. Yeah. So there's a legitimate reason to be careful of or at least consciously go into working with larger companies heads up. You have to invest a lot of resources to hold their attention. Tim, I want to come to present day and talk about passion and excitement. What is one thing that keeps you awake at night and is the first thing you think when you wake up in the morning? Uh, for me, it's really spreading the word about conversion rate optimization. I think that uh, there are a lot of people that are still pretty ignorant about it or they, like I said, equate it simply with split testing. And I found that, uh, especially among online marketers, there's an amazing, let's say, ignorance of the latest neuromarketing or behavioral economics research. In other words, everything works on our brain. The way we make decisions, the way you persuade people and, and uh, have them act is to work through their brain. Most of that is unconscious. And uh, we design websites for rational thinking people. And the rational brain literally can't make decisions. Uh, it can weigh information. It can um, 
evaluate things, but he can't decide. That's the emotional and unconscious part of the brain that does that. So my focus has been spreading the knowledge about you know, neuromarketing, behavioral economics, things like that. Um, and so I guess education, especially in, the, in this you know, brain science, is I think at the core of what we do. And that's what gets me excited. Is every day different for you or do you have a daily routine that you strictly follow? Well, in terms of the content of every day, it's, it's different and I wouldn't have it any other way. I think most entrepreneurs are a little bit on the uh, attention deficit disorder side. And uh, so I wouldn't want too much routine. Anything like that would be boring. But in terms of the structure of the day, I always start by doing the important stuff first. So I get up, I get my, I walk my kids to school, I go uh, for a power walk uh, down to the ocean, I do a set of Tai Chi. I'm a certified Tai Chi instructor. And um, then I come back home. So I know that all the good stuff has been banked. I've had good interactions with my kids. I've taken care of my health. And that's the right way to start the day. And then I can jump into the work. I want to get into habits a bit more. Do you have one or two key or keystone habits that you pursue and you feel that make a really big difference to your life? Uh, I try to read every day. That's, that's also important. I, a lot of people think that it's enough to just skim blog posts uh, or download white papers. I have a stack probably about a foot and a half high right now of books on my night, uh, nightstand by the bed and uh, usually read about a book a week. And I think that I look at books as as weapons to both uh, sharpen my business skills and to learn about myself. Uh, and also, occasionally, fiction will sneak in there as well. How about the favorite book? Oh, boy. Um, well, on the work side, I would say, you know, Phil Barden's book, Decoded, is one, is one of my recent standouts. Um, and then I do a lot of... Uh, reading about uh, spirituality and, uh, I guess, uh, self-improvement, uh, being out here by the ocean in California. We're all inclined that way. <laughs> uh, and I would say, you know, that uh, the Tao Te Ching is uh, something, a touchstone I keep coming back to, especially uh, Stephen Mitchell's translation of it is, is just beautiful. I want to get into prioritizing time and work and life balance. Do you have any tips and actual advice for busy people in the audience? I think you'll always have... Guilt, uh, for example, I travel a lot. I speak at conferences from Melbourne to Rio to Amsterdam and Moscow, uh, all over the world. And uh, you know that requires uh, have these big gaps where I don't have uh, time with my family. In fact, my kids, when, when they were little, one, one time my daughter was about five or six years old, and I missed uh, Halloween for the third time in a row. And she sa said, uh, Dad, don't you know that Halloween is the most important holiday of the year for a kid, looked at me with those big blue eyes and put on a big guilt trip. And uh, I promised her I'd never miss a Halloween again. So yeah, you can't fit everything into the day. It's priorities and trade-offs and life's bittersweet and uh, you just do the best you can. We love practical advice here at Entrepreneur Decode It. Do you have practical tips how to take back your life? Uh, well, there's... I think what I said about daily habits is, is really important. I think that uh, it's easier to do things based on habit. So the key is just to build in some good ones. Um, where there's a, also a, kind of a story about uh, the professor that was took out this big glass jar and then said, put a bunch of big rocks in it and, the, and asked the students, is this jar full? And they looked at it and they said, yeah. And then he poured in some gravel 
And he said, no, it wasn't full. How about now? Is it full? And they said, yeah. And then he poured in some sand in there and filled in all the little holes. And he said, is it full now? And they said, yeah. And then he poured in some water. And then he said, what's the moral of this story? And everyone said, well, you can always pack more stuff in. And he said, no, put the big rocks in first. Before finishing up today's episode, I want to ask you about happiness. What makes you really happy in this life and what really brings you joy? Uh, for me, it's uh, spending quality time with interesting people, including my own family. My kids are, are pretty amazing, even though they, they drive me crazy as well. Uh, also expressing art and beauty in the world. I, uh, I'm a photographer. I do some poetry and painting as well. And uh, I've always been inclined to kind of just capture and create beauty of various kinds. I think it's important to have that dimension in your life. I think happiness is a thing that comes and goes. Some days you're happy and some days you're not. And you have to be really mindful about it. Well, I think it comes back to your previous question about happiness. Um, I think that everything I know about the world and the brain is it's we're not designed to be happy. I don't mean that as a pessimist. I mean that any short-term little bursts of positive chemicals coming in your brain are very short-lived. Uh, they're designed to get you to move, to do something, to act. And so I think the, in the U.S., the founding fathers of the Constitution had this phrase, you know, uh, about the pursuit of happiness. And I think uh, it's kind of an illusion. All you can have is uh, getting little positive reinforcements throughout your day. to set, So set up your life to get as much kind of gratification as you can in the sense of being grateful for what you have. But there is no place that you arrive where you're happy. There is no, oh, if I only made my first million and if I only had that airplane or if I had a better looking, you know, you know young wife or whatever you think is going to make you happy, it's not. I want to end on that note. Uh, Tim, what's the best way to find your line and connect with you? Uh, pretty easy. Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, our website, SiteTuners. Uh, my email is tim at sitetuners.com. So. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming in and sharing your journey with us. That was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.